can be seated. Seated tonight. I'm going to bring our attention to uh, just a few verses of Scripture. If you have your Bibles and you want to go with me, we're reading from Genesis, beginning in the 11th chapter, verse number 27. Genesis chapter 11, beginning at verse 27, it says, Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was barren. She had no child. Verse 31 says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from the Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years. And Terah died in Haran. And then we go to the 12th chapter, beginning at the first verse. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. With the help of the Lord tonight, I just want to speak to you for just a little bit on this subject. Don't settle in Haran. Don't settle in Haran. Now, the life of Abraham is one of the most, it's one of the most incredible stories in the entire Bible. We're all very familiar with, with the stories of Abraham. And I love to read about Abraham because it always reminds me that God is a faithful God. It always reminds me of how faithful he is and that he keeps his promises. Whatever promises he makes, you know that God is going to fulfill those promises. And so often I like to just reread the story of Abraham. I just like to go back every once in a while and, and pick it up and read it again. I like to remind myself of the great and mighty things that he will do in the life of someone. And so... This evening, we're all very well versed with the story of Abraham. We know the promise that was placed in his life, and we know that God honored that promise. We know that he promised him that he would be the father of many nations, and, and God fulfilled that promise in Abraham's life. We know that there was a sacrifice that was required, and it caused him to separate himself from those that he had grown close to. He had to the Bible says that he was told he had to get up and leave his father's country. He had to get away from those that he had grown close to, those who he had come to love, the ones that he had spent his entire life with. He had to leave. He had to separate himself. He had to give up some relationships in his life in order to claim the promise. 
But we know because he was willing to do those things, because he was willing to follow after God's will in his life, we know that some pretty incredible things happened in his life and that God blessed him mightily. But it was some time ago that, that I was reading this story. I was, I was going back through and I was rereading this story and something jumped out at me. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not one that typically looks to find unique nuggets or thoughts to bring out and to share. I, I learned a long time ago, as a matter of fact, somebody much, much wiser than I am told me a long time ago, when you're preaching, just preach the word. Don't look for anything extra. Don't look for a unique thought or a unique nugget to pull out. Just preach the word, and everything else will take care of itself. But as I was reading this, I did come across something that I've never noticed before. And something that just I, I never really thought about. And, and it, 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 was, it was pretty interesting. As a matter of fact, I've never heard it preached before. I've, I've never heard anybody speak on it. I've never read it in a book. Um, and so it, it just really jumped out at me. And it caused me to, to kind of ponder everything that I had ever thought and everything that I had ever heard about the life of Abraham. And so for some of you, get ready, because I'm about to, to rock your theology. I'm, I'm about to, to say something, and you're going to look at me and say, say what? Are you sure you know what you're talking about? But if, if you'll stick with me and you'll, you'll go with me, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But as I was reading, I was suddenly struck with this thought. You know the promise that was given to Abraham, the promise that, that God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to be the father of, of many nations. The one where he, he would do incredible things. And, and all these things would take place in his life. And, and God was going to elevate him. And God was going to bless him. The, 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 that he was going to have songs written about him. What if all of those things, what if that promise was really meant for somebody else? What if Abraham was not originally the one intended to inherit that promise? What if the original promise and all of the incredible things that God did for Abraham, what if it was all intended for somebody else? What if there was somebody else that was supposed to have songs written about them, somebody else that was supposed to be the father of many nations, but they simply didn't make it? They simply didn't, didn't survive what God wanted for them. And because of their default, Abraham was allowed to inherit that promise. And so as I went over this again and again in my mind, I thought to myself, well, I've, I've never heard that before. I've never heard anybody say that. I've never heard anybody speak about that. But I, I, I promise you that that's exactly what happened. Now, now I warned you that I was going to, to rock some theologies here tonight. So, if we go back to our, our original text and we find it, we find it all in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 is all about a man named Terah. It's all about Terah, and Terah was Abraham's father. Rereading verse 31, it says, And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from the Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran, and they dwelt there. And the days 
of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. And, and so what we see is this, the original promise, the, the, original, the original promise that was given, the original commission given, it was, it was for somebody else. It wasn't for Abraham. But the original commission to leave the Ur of the Chaldeans and go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, and to possess that land was originally given to Terah, Abram's father. But what one generation started out to possess, they got sidetracked along the way. They came, they came to a place and, and they settled there. They became comfortable with where they were and they decided that this was good enough. This is as far as I needed to go. I'm, I've reached a point and I, I'm, I'm satisfied with where I'm at. And they died there. So what happens is in order for the next generation to not repeat the same failures and, and mistakes of, of the generation before them. To, to make sure that they didn't follow in those same paths and those same footsteps. God has to get them to leave some certain things behind. God has to get them to leave certain things that Tara was not willing to leave. God has to get them to separate themselves from some things that Tara wasn't willing to separate himself from. And so the word of the Lord comes a second time. And this time it comes to Tara's son Abraham. And so in Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, we find that this is after Terah has died. He's, he's reached Haran. He's brought his family as far as he's going to bring them. He's settled there. He's dwelt there for some time, and he's died. And so now God is speaking to Abraham. God is talking to his son, the next generation. And here, here's what he says. He says, Now the Lord has said, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now here's what I want to draw our attention to. And I want us to get a hold of this. In order for Abram to possess the promise that Terah failed to possess. There are three places that Abraham had to be willing to leave. And they, they speak in, in, in terms of three progressive degrees of cost. Because in order to possess anything that God has for you, there are, there's some cost required. If, 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 you want, if you want to possess everything that God has for you, if, if you want the promises to come to pass in your life, there's going to be some cost to it. You can't just sit around and wait for it, but you've got to go out and you've got to possess the land. And so the first one, he's told he's got to leave his country. He's got to leave the, 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 the place that he's in, he, he, the, the place that he's become familiar with, where he's, he's become comfortable, he's settled there. He's, he's got to leave his country. And then the second one is his family. Now, I don't want us to misunderstand what I'm talking about there. I'm not talking about that we have to, to get up and leave our families and, and, and walk away from That's not what we're referring to. We're talking in a much more wider sense. And in and, and that scripture, that's referring more to, to the, his kindred, his, his lineage. It's, it's referring more to people that he's become close to. You've got, you've got to leave your family. 
It's not talking about brothers or sisters or moms or dads, but it's just talking about people in a wider context. And then the third one was his father's house. So three different degrees of cost. There's a general cost or, or that first layer of cost. Get out of your country. The, the second one, which is get out from your lineage or your clan area or your, your relative area. And then finally, you have to leave your father's house. And so that's the third degree of cost there. And so what we've discovered with Tara is this. Here's what happened with Tara. He got the commission. He got the vision. He even received the promise. He was told that this would happen. Let's leave the Ur of the Chaldeans. We're going to go in and we're going to possess the land of Canaan. And he was willing to pay some cost. He was willing to get up and, and he was willing to get out of his country. So that first level of sacrifice, that, that wasn't too hard for him. It, it, was, it was easy for him to just get up and, and, and change locations. That wasn't, that wasn't a big deal for him. He got up out of his land, he left his country, and he proceeded towards Canaan. But what happened to him was somewhere along the way, he, he wasn't willing to take the next step. He wasn't willing to go deeper, to go further. You see, when he settled at Haran, you have to understand the significance of that place. You see, we read in our scriptures before that, that Terah had a son named Haran. And his son died before they left. Before he packed up his family and they left, his son died. And, and so Haran was significant in that it, it, it meant something to him. It, it was more than than just a place. It, it meant something because it, it brought to mind uh, thoughts of, of, of happier times. It, it brought to mind thoughts of, of his son whom he loved. And so it became, Haran became associated in a very special way with the wider family connection. It, it meant more than, than just a, a name. It, it was more than just a place. And so... And so as we, as we read that, there were, there were Harans all over when you, when you read the scriptures and you, you begin to study about the lineage of Terah. His son was named Haran. His other son, Nahor, his father-in-law was called Haran. And so all over the place associated with Terah, there were Harans. And so... With Harans, it was like, this is where the family dwells. This is, this is where we belong. This is where we're comfortable. This is what we know. This is what is good for us. And so when it came time to leave that place, because of the significance of that place, he just couldn't do it. And the Bible says that he died there. He died in Haran because he couldn't get up and move forward. He couldn't get up and go and possess the land that God had promised him. And so what happens is the word of the Lord comes a second time, and this time he comes to his son Abram. And when I was looking at all that, I said, I've, I've, I've not seen that. I haven't, I have not, I've never noticed that before. What's the significance of Haran? Why did he stay there? And so I studied the word Haran. I began to study what does that word mean? What does that name mean? 
And the word Haran in the Hebrew, it means dry. It means parched. It means burnt. All, all of the same word there. And so what we find is that for Tara, living in that place of dryness, Haran, for sentimental reasons, eventually it dries up his faith and it dries up his vision. Because he allowed himself to dwell for so long, because he allowed himself to stay for so long in a place that he was never meant to be, he became dry in his spirit. And he lost the commission, he lost the vision, he lost the promise that God gave him. He starts out well. He starts out with every intention of doing what God had called him to do, doing and possessing the land that God had promised him. He had the right intentions. He got up. He said, okay, God, you're asking me to leave. I'm going to leave. But he came to a place and he settled. He came to a place, you could think of it this way, he came to a place of disappointment because of what Haran represented to him. Something that he loved that he lost. Something that that meant more to him than life itself, and, and, and it was gone, taken away just like that. A place of hurt, a place of pain, a place of disappointment. He reached that place in his life, and instead of allowing God to step in and allowing God to help him push through, he stayed there. He dwelled there, and because he dwelled there, he died without fully accomplishing all that God had for him in his life. He got sidetracked. So what was meant to become a stepping stone in his life became a dwelling place. What was meant to become a place of learning, a place of, of, of being molded and formed, it became a place in which he died. A transition becomes somewhere where you stay instead of traveling through. And I think it's so important that we draw our attention to that. Because there are going to be things that we go through in this life. There are going to be situations that we face. There are going to be hurts that we have to endure. But those are things that we are never intended to dwell in. It's not God's intention that we stay in those places. But God's intention is that we would go through them and continue on. That we would grow, that we would learn, and that we would move forward. We can't reach a place of dryness in our life. We can't reach a place and stay there. We can't do it. When we have conquests that are lining up for tomorrow, we cannot stay in a place based on the sentimentality of yesterday. But we have to be ready to move based on what God is saying to do tomorrow. We have to be willing to go where God is calling us to go. You see, there is a dry place, a place where the presence of God and the anointing and the joy of the Lord, it seeps out. And that environment simply took its spirit, his spiritual vitality. And I want to interject this here for a moment. There are going to be times that you have to stop in life, that you just have to stay still and rest. And that's okay. There are going to be times that you just have to have to gain your strength back, that you have to recuperate. But please hear me when I tell you this. Do not do it in a dry place. Do not do it in a place of hurt or pain 
or in a place of frustration, don't stop there. Don't allow yourself to get there and dry up and have your faith and your vision taken from you. But keep going. Don't stop in a time of disappointment. Don't stop in a time of discouragement. You have to travel through that. We're all going to go through those things. But we can't stay there and we can't stop there. We've all gone through seasons in our life. We've all been through things. Every single one of us could stand up here tonight and talk about things that we've had to go through. Hurt, pain, frustration. Things that we look at and we say, why God, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to endure this? But we can't allow ourselves to dwell there. We can't allow ourselves to stay there. We have to go through seasons like that. It's part of life. But don't park there. Don't settle in Haran. Because it will seep out your faith and and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to think, my God, how on earth did I get like this? How on earth did I reach this point? How on earth am I where I am right now? It's because you tarry just a, a little bit too long at Haran. You've got to pass through it quickly. Now taking just a moment and looking at this phrase, Father's house. It, in the Hebrew, the word is bayit, and it has both a, a positive application and a negative one. And both of them are valid. And so I looked up the positive one, and this is what it says. It says, that which has been built, a place of abiding and security. A, a place to, to, to go and, 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 and to abide in and feel secure. A place of security. And then I looked up the negative meaning for that, and it says a prison. And I looked at it, and it said, that which has been built with the thought of one staying within the four walls. So a place of security. Yes, it's a place of security, but it also becomes a place of confinement. A place of security becomes a prison, a place that we are willing to settle for. A place that we're willing to stay because we're comfortable. And so I want to tell you what Hayran really represents to each of us, and it's this question. What are you willing to settle for? What are you willing to settle for? What is it that would, uh, that would allow, that you would allow to entice you rather than continue on the journey staying in one place? What are you willing to settle, feel, settle for? Are you willing to settle for things as the way that they are or as they've always been? Or are you ready for something more? Are you ready to move into another dimension in your walk with God? Are you satisfied with your current state or do you desire more of Him? And I feel right now so strongly that this is the place that our church is in right now. We've reached a point where we have to make a decision. What are we willing to settle for? Do we want to stay where we've been and and just begin to say, well, God, you've been good. Look where we are right now. Look where we've come from. This is a great place. This is is great. This This is wonderful. Or do we want more? 
Are we willing to allow ourselves to, to allow the pressures that God's wanting to put on us to, to mold us and to form us into what God wants us to be? If you're comfortable with where you are, then I can tell you right now you're in a wrong place. If you're comfortable with where you are right now in your walk with God, there's something wrong. You're not in the right place. If you've settled for mediocrity in your life, you're living in Haran. If you've settled with the way that things are now and you're comfortable with them, then you have found Haran. If your pursuit of a God-given call has you accepting a place of spiritual contentment and a measure of spiritual fruitfulness, if so, you better get moving. You better get up and you better start walking. And you better not dwell in Haran because I promise you, you will die in a place of dryness. We've got to be thankful for where he's brought us to. We've got to be thankful for his many blessings, thankful for all that he's done. But we can't settle for that. We can't be complacent in that. Unless you've done everything that he could, unless he's done everything that he could possibly do in your life. Unless he's done everything that you could possibly want of him, then you can't settle. But you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep pushing. Don't get complacent and dry up. So again, I ask you a question. What are you willing to settle for? What is it that would ever entice you to stay at Haran? What is it that would entice God-fearing people to stay in one place? And I'm going to give you six reasons tonight that people dwell and stay where they are. The first is this. They, they have a thought or an attitude that says, I've already paid enough price. I've already paid enough. I paid a heavy price for where I am. It's already cost me too much and enough is enough already. I can't pay the price anymore. The second is that it's logical. It, it, it makes sense. It, I, 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 I'm comfortable. There's, there's no reason to keep moving. The third is that it's reasonable. I have something to show for it. I've, I've been blessed where I am. The fourth is, 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 is that it has become a place of security. It's, it's, it's our comfort zone, and, and we don't know how to step out and get away from that. The fifth is that it does not require anything of me to stay where I am. I, I don't have to pay any other prices. I don't have to do anything to stay where I am. I can just keep doing the things the same way that I've always done them and, and I can continue on. And then the sixth is, after all, Haran is just a season. It's, it's just a season that I'm going through and, and, and it, it'll, it'll pass. I'm, I'm just going to stay here for a little while. I'm just going to camp out here for a little while. But I know what I'm doing because it's just for a short time. I'll get where I'm going. I'll, I'll get to the place that God is, is calling me to be. I, I, I'll get there. But right now, I'm just, I'm going to stay here for a minute. I don't believe for one moment that Tara ever intended to stay in Haran. When he came upon that place, I don't believe that it was his intention that he was going to stay there and spend the rest of his life there. But somewhere along the way, he decided that 
This is good enough. This is, this is all I need. The Bible is incredibly clear that he left the Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. It says that he left with the intentions of going to Canaan. But Haran was a dry place and he picked the wrong place to stay. And the reason that Haran was such a dry place is because that the wells that were, that were once there providing living water had dried up. And dried wells become septic wells and they breed disease. And on your way through, if the devil can't get to you directly, he's going to get to you by going through somebody or someone else. Somebody that is septic enough, somebody that is diseased enough, somebody that is toxic enough, something that is toxic enough. And it's going to open to his suggestions enough to be able to infiltrate you. And I want to tell you that that's why it's so important that you're mindful of those that you allow to speak into your life. Don't allow just anybody to speak into your life. Be very careful who you allow to minister to you. Be careful of those who you stay around. Be careful of those whose voices you listen to because whoever's well you drink from, that's what you become. Whatever well you drink from, that's what you become. And so tonight, some of us may be sitting in this place and we may be thinking to ourselves, my God, I've, have I reached a point of, 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 of no return? Have I reached a point where it's too late because I've, I've, I've been where I am for so long? Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying to yourself, God, I, I, I've, I've settled for less. I've settled at Haran. Is it too late? And that's the great thing about the God that we serve. You see, what we didn't read in our scripture is what happened to Abram on the way to his promise. You see, Abram got sidetracked as well. Everything didn't just go through perfectly for him. He got sidetracked. He actually ventured off course for a short time. He went into a, a time and a season of dryness. And during that time of dryness, he went down into Egypt. And so you, you see that and you think to yourself, no, Abram, don't, don't, don't stay there. Don't, don't do that, Abram. You're making the same mistakes that, that Terah did. You're going in the wrong direction. Turn around before it's too late. You, you can't be in Egypt. But the difference between Abram and Terah is that Abram didn't stay in Egypt. Abram didn't stay there. He realized I'm not where I'm supposed to be. This was never God's intention for me, and I've got to make it right. I've got to get back to where I'm supposed to be. I've got to get back on course. And he left Egypt, and the Bible says this. I believe it's in chapter 13, but it says this about Abram. He then left Egypt and went back to where he had been at the beginning. He went back to the beginning. He went back to where it all started to see where he had got off track. And there he rediscovered the altar that he had built before God before he got diverted. Before he got off track. He went back to where it all began. He went back to the original altar to where he first got the promise. To where he first was told 
what God had for him to where he first had the fire to where he first got the vision. So I'm here to tell you tonight that it's never too late to make a move toward God. If you'll rediscover the altar, you'll be re-empowered by the original promise. If you'd stand with me tonight. If you're in this place tonight and you're saying, my God, I, f- I feel that you're talking to me. I feel that you're, you're speaking to me tonight. I'm grateful for everything in the past. I'm grateful for where you've brought me to, but God, I, I need more. God, I want more. God, I'm not willing to settle for where I am, but God, I want all that you have intended for me. I don't want to just settle for something within reason, but I want more. God, I want to go on this morning. I want to take the whole land. I want to possess everything that you promised me. And I want to fulfill your intent in my life. If that's you tonight, I wonder right now all across this place, if you just lift a hand. And just begin to thank him. Thank him for where he's brought you to. And then begin to ask him, God, don't let me stay where I am. God, don't let me settle for where I am. God, but I want to go deeper. God, I want to go further. God, I can't settle in a dry place. But I've got to keep moving forward. I've got to keep going. It's not enough, but I want more. Right now, just... Just take a few moments. It's still early. Let's just begin to cry out to him. Let him hear our cry in this place. God, right now. God, minister to us in this place. God, I'm asking you right now, Jesus. God, don't let me stay in a dry place. God, I'm asking right now, God, that you'd begin to speak to me. God, allow me to know, God, when I've reached a point, God, where I'm allowing my faith And my vision to be dried up, God. And I'm asking, God, that you would take us back to that place where it all began. God, I want to go back to the place where it all started. God, to where you first gave me the promise. God, when you first began to deal with me. God, I want you to work right now in my life. God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord, right now. In your mighty, wonderful name. Your mighty, wonderful name. Take us back. Take us back, God. Take us back to the original altar. God, allow us to drink from the wells that we once drank from. But God, don't, don't let us stay where we are. Don't let us stay put. But God, we've got to keep moving. I don't know where you find yourself tonight. I don't know what situations you may find yourself going through. But I can tell you, whatever it is, don't stay there. Don't dwell there. You've got to to keep moving. I can tell you that in the last several months, this right here has gotten me through a lot of things. It's allowed me to go places that I never thought I would be able to go. It's allowed me to step deeper into my walk with God. Because I decided I'm not going to stay in a dry place. 
I'm not going to stay in a place of discouragement. I'm not going to stay in a place of pain or hurt or anger. But I'm going forward. And tonight, we're going forward. We're moving forward. One more time, why don't you just lift your hands and thank God for his presence that we felt here tonight.